there all you cool cats and kittens. It's the Generation Y though, guys, from Big Cat Rescue. <laughs> oh my god, that was brilliant. Hello, everyone. That sounded really, really good, babe. I'm very proud of that one. Thank oh, you Oh, that practicing. So hey guys, it's the Generation Y though, guys, again. So as you mentioned in our last episode, we're going to be doing a kind of new mini segment every now and then, which is what we are calling Why Though Bites. Because it's a bite-sized episode. Yes, it is, John. Oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's a bite-sized episode. It's a new mini-series that we're going to be doing. Um, every time we find a new wacky and trending show, we'll provide a review to help you all in quarantine. And this week we are reviewing... Tiger King. Tiger King. Tiger King, in case you didn't know. Um, from the show, I'm sure you would have guessed already because that was, of course, the famous Carol Baskin. The very famous Carol Baskin, the girl that we all know and love. Have you seen that picture of her with Britney Spears? <gasps> yes. Oh my God. At like the MTV Music Awards or something like that. I mean, my jaw dropped. She was at the VMAs with Britney Spears. It's absolutely insane. Oh my God, it's amazing. That's pop culture um, history there. I'm sorry. Like, if you have watched the show, if you haven't watched the show, Laura, how we start, just get online and type in Carol Baskin and Britney Spears. It's iconic. A friendship we never thought we needed, but I'm here for it. But here we are. The one we deserve in this day and age. But the one that we very much deserve. For those of you who don't know, Tiger King is the show about an eccentric gay man who runs one of the biggest wildcat parks, maybe in the world, but definitely in America. Um, His name is Joe Exotic. That's not his actual name. I can't pronounce his actual name, but it's Joe Exotic. And he is a gay, tigery, three husbandy, crazy man. And uh, the show kind of follows him and his life. Yeah, so his real name is actually Joe Passage. No, well, that's his married name. Third married name. His first name is like Schreivogel. I can't pronounce it. Basically, picture a real life Joe Dirt head to toe in tiger print in like Hicksville, shit town, Ohio, somewhere in America. And he runs a wildlife park, as kind of mentioned. And it's just like this complete like expose of the underworld of like wild tigers kept in capt- captivity. It is mental. And not only does it follow Joe, it follows a few other crazy characters. One would be Doc Ansel, who also runs a similar park in another part of America. He's basically a cult and it's actually hilarious. And then it also follows um, Carol Baskin, who I did the lovely intro for there a minute ago. And she runs a wildcat sanctuary. We say sanctuary in air quotes. It's one of those things when you watch the show, you kind of think to yourself, huh, sanctuary? You follow Joe Exotic and there's kind of a battle between Carol Baskin, who, as we mentioned, has an inverted there you air go. quotes. Sanctuary for Big Cats, it's called Big Cat Rescue. And it's kind of her fight against Joe Exotic, who owns GWZO, I think, and this Dr. Antle, who's in Myrtle Beach Safari. And she thinks they're mistreating tigers and she wants to save them. And they three of them basically hate each other. Despise. Absolutely despise. Yeah, there's like intense rivalry between these three like pussy lovers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say, I'm so glad somebody else said it. I was like, I'm not saying pussy lover first. I'm not saying pussy lover first. <laughs> Definitely not. Now, before this all came out, obviously everyone knows Tiger King now. It's a huge phenomenon. Everyone's been watching it, I think, because we've all been quarantined. Everyone's had nothing else to watch. But before you watched it, what did you expect from it, Nikki? Um, I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was going to be wacky. All I saw was the crazy looking characters that are just so like stereotypical, mm. like white trash. Like That's the only way I can describe it. And like it was like memes bill like the amount of memes that were going around about it and everyone was just like tweeting about it and telling me to watch it and I, I had no idea what to expect but I just thought it's going to be another classic crazy American tale um I had three words in my head before I watched this tigers meth gay 
That's what all the memes were about. <laughs> Tigers, meth, and gay. That makes sense. So I was very intrigued. So I didn't really know what it was going to be about. But I know those three things were going to crop up in some way. So I was very excited. Yeah. Yeah, I was too. I had no idea what to expect. I'm not one for these kind of Netflixy true crime documentary things. I haven't really watched that many of them. So I didn't know what to expect coming into this. Yeah, for sure. So it kind of starts off just briefly as... We follow Joe Exotic, as we said. Um, He's this crazy gay icon, which I kind of rate because he's like so out and proud in an environment that you would never think he would be. Like, it's very much like middle Southern America, just like the Bible Belt, that kind of vibe. And he has a massive um cat rescue or like safari or zoo or whatever with just tons of fucking tigers. Like there are apparently more tigers in captivity in America than there are in the entire world. Well, I do remember like one of the very first scenes in it is like uh, a news anchor a lady was kind of talking about like wild animals and wild animals in, ca- in captivity. And in the first 30 seconds, you find out there are more wild animals in captivity in America than there are, you know, free in the world, which automatically I thought drew you into the documentary straight away. Into the world of the tigers, definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 100%. And so it follows Joe Exotic and his story has like his own TV show called Joe Exotic TV, in which he like live streams his day-to-day life at the park. And his rivalry against Carol Baskin where he just like blasts her on live TV on his show all the time. So I think what we said we're going to do is we're going to focus on the things that we liked first about the documentary and then things that we didn't really like about the documentary and then we're going to give like an overall final verdict. Because what we don't want to do is just sit here and prattle on about what happens in every single episode through one through seven. We want you guys to kind of have a little taste of what it's about with us. Maybe go listen to it yourself or if you've already watched the show come and give us and chat with us about what you think about it. So yeah, let's talk about what we like, what we didn't like. And at the end, we'll either go hi though or bye though. Yes. Yes. So uh, yeah, so a little bit of pre-warning. There will be some mild spoilers, but we very much want you to be able to listen to this and then think, oh, I now want to watch Tiger King as opposed to thinking, well, there's no point now. I know everything about it. Okay, then Nikki, do you want to kick us off with what you liked? So first and foremost, I loved the fashion. Can I just say <laughs> Fashion. Joe Exotic's style is like exactly what you'd expect from someone called Joe Exotic. It's fucking mental. It's like very much, I would say maybe like gay erotic meets tiger skin meets leather meets cowboy almost. Cowboy, Hicksville, like just very, it's like a mix of everything. He's got the most banging and gigantic eyebrow ring I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I just lived for his fashion. He's got like a classic mullet. He's just fabulous. And then I also loved the fact that we were just tapping into this like complete, like alternative world, like this underworld of things that we know nothing about. I knew nothing about the world of tigers in the United States and like how lucrative it is and how crazy it is. It's absolutely mental. I never, I think there was one point where they kind of tried to set a bit of context about people owning tigers and exotic animals and wild pets. And because there is no kind of regulations about that in the States. And that's one of the things that Carol Baskin is trying to do is to introduce this kind of legislation. But imagine having like one of your neighbors could have like a lynx just in their back room. Like, that's it. Like they could just have that and you'd never know. Yeah, I remember like in the very first episode, they show, you know, multiple owners of wild animals having them in their house, in their back garden, in cages. I I, I guarantee you in the first 10 minutes, you would think four different times, fucking hell, Americans are mental. Mm. For sure. It's one of those classic documentaries where you think the Yanks are nuts. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Mental. We love you if you're listening from America, by the way, but you are crazy. <laughs> so what did you guys like the most? Um, so I liked that it's a documentary made by Netflix and I feel like Netflix has been around for a long time now. So they kind of have this 
kind of documentary style down. So if you've seen previous documentaries like Don't Fuck With Cats, it's very much in that ilk. Seven episodes, each episode is a story within itself. Um, it's very much built for binge viewing. Each episode ends with a cliffhanger. Mm. And, you know, there's all the little timer at the end from Netflix saying the next episode will start in five seconds. Do you want to continue watching? And you will always click yes. I mean, we watched it all oh, over the space of two days because we had to see what was happening next. So it was paced very well overall. The ending part might be a bit slow, but the first four episodes in particular, you go through the first four episodes without even realizing so much is happening. Yeah. One of the key strengths of the documentary is it's taken over five years. So they have five years worth of footage and they are not afraid to use this footage. It's fantastic. And again, Netflix have money. Netflix have a budget. Mm. So even though they probably had thousands of hours of footage, they still kind of reshot footage in their own manner, which was so over the top. <laughs> and it was almost bordering on hilarious. Yeah, I really liked the kind of formatting as well, because for me, the fact that there was seven episodes, I was like, crap, that's a lot of stuff to get through. What's it going to be about? But I kind of like the fact that they almost had each episode was almost a different topic. So like the first one was very much setting the scene. There was another episode kind of exploring the kind of mentality of the people who work there and the kind of environment it fosters. Um, and then they kind of went down a whole of other mysteries that are attached to the story. So I quite, I quite enjoyed that. So you mentioned that there was mysteries. I think there's more than, I think we can all agree there was more than one mystery happening at a time. Did you like that? Yes, that was definitely one of the things I loved about it. Because as I said, I've never really watched a lot of these kind of Netflixy documentary kind of things. I know a lot of them, but haven't watched them. So for me, having all these different mysteries kind of winding off one another, I really enjoyed it because as you know, every five minutes I'd be like, John, no, no. Like <laughs> The thing was absolutely insane from starting off with just like, okay, cool. This guy owns a load of tigers in a, in a park. That's really, really cool. It's like, oh, there's another guy who does it, but he has lots of women that work for him and they're mysteriously brainwashed. Oh, and there's another woman here whose husband mysteriously died under circumstances it's yeah there was so many crazy mysteries that it really kept you intrigued and I know I have a couple of friends who were kind of like me I felt it was like a bit over the top I love over the top I thought it was brilliant and not only that the other thing I liked was the cast of characters because we've talked about the kind of three or four major players in the game but there are so many supporting players that kind of make this story uh get even better so a couple of the staff that work at Joe's place just make my life there's a character called Saf who is just so for some reason they seem to be the most down-to-earth person out of the whole thing even though the craziest thing happens to them in episode two that I genuinely still cannot get over my jaw dropped I'm not going to say exactly what happened because some people may not have seen it but people in this show are insane and I love it so like you my favorite character is one of the staff that work at Joe Exotics Zoo I never know what to call it, a zoo, a wildlife park, whatever, a zoo, we'll call it a zoo. And um, basically a lot of the characters that work at the zoo are like ex-cons and you're right, they like the most down-to-earth people. It turns out in the end, he employs them for maybe not so great reasons, but I don't want to spoil it. But basically there's a guy called John Rinke, I think is how you pronounce his name, Rinke. He's the guy who has fake legs. Yes, he has no legs and it's not tiger related. No, he's like the voice of truth in this entire um series i love him i think he keeps it real he's very honest and he has a lot to say in the possible demise of joe exotic won't give too much away but he is my absolute favorite i just think he's like a straight up g like i love him in it <laughs> me too um i really enjoyed the cast of characters as well i mean like some of the people you're watching like you you swear they must be actors like they can't be real people nobody speaks like this nobody acts like this it's almost like watching a really really long um Saturday Night Live skit 
Mm, yeah, no, I agree. And every stereotype you can possibly think of about American hicks, you know, down south of America, um, are all there there on display. It's it's incredible. But again, I also quite like that. Again, it's five year documentary. Netflix have money and they're not afraid to spend it. So we were getting news anchors. We were getting the DA. Anybody who has any sort of small affiliation with Joe, you know, we, there was one person who owned a tiger, you know, in Florida, and they interviewed him about his experience with Joe because obviously in their heads when they're making this documentary, they were going to talk to every single person. So it's really interesting the world that it exposes to. It's not just Joe Exotic, it's many different characters. Yeah, as Nikki said earlier, it's like a huge un- criminal underbelly of like animal racketeering. It's crazy. Yes, very much so. But who was your favourite? I think... I don't think if I necessarily liked any characters per se, but I have to say like Joe himself was probably like, I could not keep my eyes off him when he was, when he was on screen with like five other people. And if he was just sitting there listening, I was looking at him because his eyes are going this way. He's either like rolling, like playing with a knife in his hands or he's playing with a gun in his hands or his eyes are shooting up or he was running around or he's being utterly ridiculous or even the outfits he was wearing. I couldn't keep my eyes off him. I mean, like, he is a dream to have on television oh, yeah. in terms of me wanting to watch. And on one hand, you shouldn't like him, but on the, on the, by the end of it, I kind of felt sorry for him mm. in a way. He was a very, very, very strange television character and I had many conflicting feelings about him, but I enjoyed him. Yeah, I agree. He's troubled for sure. There's one thing you can say about the show. It's definitely unpredictable. It's, a lot of things are definitely unexpected it's like there's so many twists and like things that you didn't like honestly it's just it's mental it's good binge worthy tv that's for sure so we've talked about some of the things that we did like let's talk about some of the things that we maybe not necessarily didn't like but things that we felt were a bit meh or a bit like you know touchy i know for me one of the most obvious things was kind of the representation of the lgbt community because on the one hand it's great joe is this out and brag cocksure crazy gay guy who is loved by everyone that knows him he's like out in the public in, in the area like people come to the, to the zoo not just for the tigers but more for him he's like that crazy kind of character and i love that and it's great to have that representation and the fact that he got married to what three people yes that, i mean yeah i mean like has there ever been a more deeper delve into the world of gay um polygamy and gay relationships gay you know um polygamy relationships that's twice you said it yeah i get the point yeah it's just it's, it's quite crazy and what i quite liked as well is that the gay person wasn't a victim you know there was no victim there was there was a brief mention about his dad treating him poorly when he was younger for being gay but there was no overt homophobia there was no joe being a victim because of his sexuality which was actually quite nice to see to be honest you know it, that's yeah a lot of like mainstream media and popular media and pop culture when it comes to gay people kind of portrays us as victims or we've been victims of abuse and how we overcome that. But for him, he's just like, no, I'm in your face gay and that's the way it's going to be. So it's quite nice to see that. Exactly. But then on the flip side of there being no victims, you could also argue that he came across a bit predatory and that's a kind of a bad thing that the gay community's kind of had about them is that straight people think that the gays are constantly preying on straight men and trying to get them into their beds. And I won't ruin most of the story um, when it comes to him and his relationships with men, but he can come across as a bit of a predatory man after straight men. And that's not something that we like to see because straight people can latch onto that. And that kind of furthers us backwards a little bit. Yeah. To me, that was definitely very much a negative. It's great having it to the forefront, but if it's that kind of representation to the forefront, it needs to take a step back. Exactly. What about you, Nikki? Um, well, yeah, just agree with your points. Like I definitely didn't like that either. And I think he was like um, predatory of just vulnerable people in general. Yes, very much that. Very much so. 
I'm going to actually say I hated what you liked about it, John. And I didn't enjoy the structure. I didn't like that it was filmed over five years. I actually found the timeline really, really confusing and difficult to follow. Um, I didn't know which part of the documentary was filmed by Netflix and which part was filmed by Joe Exotic and um, Jeff Lowe because they all like filmed their own stuff. I didn't. I found the sequence quite difficult to follow because there's a lot that they cram in over five years for seven episodes. I don't know. It just didn't flow for me sometimes. And also because it's so wacky, like there's so much information going on. I think sometimes it's it's hard to sort of contain. So, I mean, I guess that's just like, you can't help it because this is like real shit. And, and how are you supposed to film this properly? But I don't know. I just think it flowed great. Yeah, I kind of see where you're coming from with that. There's so much story that they're trying to shoehorn into these episodes. And I get it. You kind of need to do that. Or context when it comes to maybe like the relationship these three major characters had with each other previous to all this going on and but yeah I think you're right the pacing could have been a bit better it was a bit all over the place yeah. um like I said I felt the first four episodes were very 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 fast and I quite enjoyed them I agree with that yeah what I didn't really enjoy very much was probably the tone I mean it really felt like in the for the first episode it's going to be you know Joe Exotic against Carol Baskin who treats the tiger as well and who doesn't treat the tiger as well you know, um, is she lying or is he lying? Um, are they just these two corporations fighting against each other for sole control of the tigers and for money? Or does Carol Baskin really care about the animals and all that kind of thing? So I was really intrigued by that. I thought it'd be very much about the animals. But you quickly realize by episode three, it kind of turns into this murder mystery mm-hmm. um, documentary. And then as it goes on, it almost turns into like a political campaign and then turns into this um, animal trafficking documentary. And then it turns into um, a did he, didn't he try to kill this person documentary. So the tone was very, very erratic. I didn't know if it was an animal abuse documentary, if it was a murder mystery documentary, if it was an animal tracking documentary. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think it was. It tried to cover a lot of ground with the with the documentary. I enjoyed it. I love crazy shit like that. But yeah, I can understand that. And I think because of that, it left the second thing I really didn't like about it. It left a bad ending for me. It was like they kind of closed the book on Joe Exotic's story a little bit, but. There were so many other characters that were brought into it, as you said, like after episode four and halfway through, like Jeff Lowe was a huge character. That guy who has that haircut, that ridiculous fucking haircut, James Garretson, who like the snitch guy. There's just like their stories, I feel like weren't rounded off. And I really want to know what happened to them. And I just, I feel like it was just like finished too quickly or something. It, it, I don't, I didn't like the ending at all. Yeah, I felt like it was a bit of a premature ending. I feel like there was so much more to go on. Yeah, And I hope we get to see that in the future. I hope Netflix see how popular it was and kind of go back and refilm some stuff. Uh, I do think like watching it though, I felt like the man who was making the documentary was very much going into it like, right, we're going to do a documentary about these people who own animals. And then I think after like maybe the first three months, he realized, holy shit, there is an entire world here. Not just about tigers, but like the trafficking of the animals, um, the abuse of the animals. And then he dug a bit further and it was like, oh, there's also this big thing about a murder mystery. And oh, there's also this thing about him trying to do a campaign to become president of the United States. I think you could tell even the director himself is probably thinking like, there's so much here that I was not prepared for, but I want to try and get everything fitted in. Yeah, And it was a very hard thing to do as the director, I felt. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think he literally opened a kind of worms and was like, holy shit, I did not expect the story to take this turn because it took turns. And I think it goes without saying, we all hated the treatment, mistreatment of tigers and animals in this documentary. And also the exploitation of women and vulnerable people and those who 
maybe don't have a, what others have and are desperate. And I think a lot of the big characters took advantage of that. Yeah, I completely agree. Like there, there is a kind of story throughout the whole thing of like you know, of vulnerable people being taken advantage of. And as you said, the animal abuse in it is crazy because when you enter the world of the documentary, you're kind of brought into this idea that there's two sides. There's the side of Joe Exotic and a couple of others who are kind of treating these animals really badly, apparently. And then you have Carol Baskin, who's meant to be an animal rights activist and has an animal sanctuary. And then you're watching it and it's like a battle between good and evil almost. That's the way it sets it up. But at the end of it, do the animals actually be any better just by their being with Carol or being with Joe? And it's like, why are these animals being cooked up in the first place? Because while she is a sanctuary, she still profits off these animals. Maybe not in the darker ways that the other men do, but she still does. So at the end of the day, the animals just kind of lose. And I think that's, that's kind of the main point. Yeah, I felt like the, definitely the mistreatment of vulnerable groups, animals or people was very uncomfortable to see. I think for me, the second episode of the documentary about like the, the cult-likeness of the whole um, industry um, was very, very interesting and very uncomfortable to watch. That's episode two. I highly recommend, if you're bored of episode one, I highly recommend you sticking up watch episode two because like the vulnerable treatment, particularly of women, is very uncomfortable to watch. Um, in terms of the animals, it's... It's a very striking feature of a documentary to have this much footage of animals um, oh, yeah. in enclosures. It's very engrossing to watch. The close-ups are very disturbing, but you can't look away. So it definitely is a unique feature of the documentary, but it is also very uncomfortable to watch. I mean, there's particular scenes when you see the bones of 40 tigers in one cage. Um, that's very uncomfortable to watch. And if that's, if animal abuse it makes you very uncomfortable... Uh, if it's something that you hold your that you hold close to your heart, uh, it could be very uncomfortable viewing. Okay, so that said, I feel like our dislikes were massive, but actually, do we rate it or not? So we're going to do a hi though or bye though. So hi though means hello, we want to see it again. Bye though means bye bitch, we've had enough. Hi though or bye though. One, two, three. Hi though. Oh, on the same page. I for me just. Because it's absolutely fucking insane and you have to watch it. You have to. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Like the show is absolutely batshit. And we're sitting here critiquing certain aspects of it and this and the other. But at the end of the day, Netflix knew what they were doing. It's a wild roller coaster ride of a story that you can't help you but pulled into and to enjoy it. And if you're one of those people who have watched it, you know what we're talking about. And if you've only heard of it online, trust me, it's just as crazy as it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I gave it a high though. I mean, like I said, there are certain parts that you will find uncomfortable to watch, but it is essential binge-worthy viewing at this moment. You know, if you've nothing else better to do with your time, which most people don't, don't, it's essential binge um, watching. And I suppose even if it makes you uncomfortable, I suppose that's what television should do. It should make you feel something. And this documentary very much makes you feel something, whether it be good or bad. Yeah, and I know she didn't get a lot of airtime on this episode, which I'm surprised about. Watch it simply for Carol Baskin. I know we said a lot about Joe Exotic, but please watch it for Carol Baskin and her flower crown. And also so you can get involved in all of the hilarious memes that have emerged because of this. Oh my God. Like if I if I read one more like BuzzFeed article about Tiger King, I think I'll definitely cry with laughter. Like the amount of memes going around is absolutely iconic. People are fucking funny. Please keep them coming. And I have one more thing to say about Carol Baskin. She never cries, never shows any emotion. Keep that in the back of your head when you're watching it. Because yeah. I thought that was one of the most disturbing things in the documentary. I agree. Every time I watched it, I was like, she didn't show any emotion. She never cried once. She never played the victim. She, that, that girl is terrifying. That woman is terrifying. Yeah, I feel you. 
All right, guys, we're going to end it there. Um, if you have anything you would like us to review or anything you've been watching lately, new on Netflix, Prime, whatever, uh, let us know and we'll give it a watch and we'll give it a little review because we have nothing else to do at the minute. Literally oh. nothing else to do. Okay, guys, don't forget you can follow us on social media. So we're generation underscore why though on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook, but that's a bit boring. Follow me instead of my Instagram and see me cooking the perfect egg for brunch. Love mm. you. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Peace. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.